Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show talking about wouldn't you know it G.I. Joe Extreme we are going to be wrapping up the season this month season six G.I. Joe Extreme I'm here for it this is knowing is half the podcast and I am race to Canis really remember when we did G.I. Joe I'm Robert Clark Chan <laughs> I'm disgusted. <laughs> That's TV's disgusted with Robert Clark Chan and me. <laughs> Not TV's race to Canis. We Robert are it, on rhythm uh, ramen bowl. Did you just call it a ramen bowl? A no, he said a ramen. rhythm ramen bowl, like the yeah. rhythm method, but for ramen. Uh, on rhythm, as in like rhythm guitar, as in the show that we're watching as in musicians playing music. You know, for the record, though, Chan has not gotten a single bowl of ramen uh, pregnant. Wow. So Maybe it, it does works. work. Yeah. I, I mean, guess I everyone use... in the South has it right. <laughs> I have spoon condoms. <laughs> Everything about this conversation is upsetting. Uh, this every... episode is someone's first time listening to the show, and they're already gone. <laughs> yep. They have left. Then we did our jobs correctly. Yeah. yeah, now that the riffraff is gone, we're going to talk to the rest eight of you. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to give you our secrets now. We don't need any goddamn misophonia, mis- misophoniacs. Is that what you call them? People have misophonia. Well, is we that what you call me? Is that what you call me, Chad? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. I mean, one of one of several, I'm sure. Uh, Stacey Rumaker also. Uh, so Very much. That's two people St- in the world that I know of. St- Stacey Rumaker, who I don't think has ever been on the show. <laughs> She has. She was one has of the first. Has she been on the show? Yeah. She did come on an episode. I yep. totally forgot that. Everybody, you remember the Stacy episode. Go More check that one out. You know, it was. It was jam. here, Chan. <laughs> I actually said the thing, man. Can't you trust me on some things? Look, you inserted it over the top of me telling you to insert it. That's excellent. That's good editing, Chan. Thank you. Um, Because, like, back in the day, I had this cool idea where... um. I would ask every guest's favorite cartoon, and then I would get uh, a cartoonist from Fiverr to like draw them as that character, and then we would have that? show art. 
and that that was worth it it lasted for like six episodes and that's not even what you did you would ask somebody what's your favorite uh what what, what's your favorite cartoon then you would say what's a totally separate cartoon character that you like so we end up with a ducktales episode with a dude dressed like a, a dastardly dog or whatever the heck his name was like None of it was connected. It was much like our season um, season five logo. No, that is you not. You may what notice that in our season six logo, it's thematic and makes sense and holds together. That's because we didn't let Robert Clark Chan make them anymore. Uh, I have great ideas. You people are just too dumb <laughs> to get my artistic notions. We need to get on your level with the absolute random bullshit that was on the season five logo. Oh, I'm sorry. Have you not been on the internet? Isn't that all it ever is? Oh, my goodness gracious. Anyway, we are talking about G.I. Joe Extreme. This is the penultimate episode, and it turns out, and I didn't know this walking in the door, two-parter. Yeah, me neither. Two-parter. Way to end it. That's it called Metalhead Goes AWOL. It, get, it, it got closer and closer. I was like, well, okay, this is going to be real tough to, to wind up. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gonna be, oh, this is just going to go on to the next episode. All right. That's fine. Yeah. I kept thinking to myself, this, how are they going to wrap this up? How are they? We're running out of time to be continued. And I just went, oh, neat. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. Not a great, not a great wrap up to the series. I, oh I disagree. God. We will get into it. Gina said she had some hot takes about this episode before we started today. Uh, actually, very well thought out takes, which I can back up with evidence after I make my thesis statement. This is going to be real fun because I'm pretty sure that Gina has missed the point completely and is going to feel real dumb after next episode. Okay. Uh, but for this brief moment here, it's going to be me and Ray versus Gina. Which wow, is- you're going to get a Chan and Ray versus Gina episode? We haven't had one of those in so long. It does not I happen mean- very often. I think I think you both loved Hamtaro. That is that is not accurate. <laughs> I think you both said that every TV show should be Hamtaro for that the next hundred years. That was a fan loved Ray and Gina versus Chan <laughs> episode. Turns out if if one of you sides with me, we have better content. Crazy. <laughs> the Chan and Gina versus Ray episodes, while roughly eighty five percent of our catalog, not as satisfying to the people. Who knew? They just like the novelty of it. That's what it is. Yeah, it's. I it's, mean, fair enough. It's not. It's not something you see very often. So, well, first of all, I'm going to say this episode written by Roger Slifer, who's really good. Oh, he so writes, that's why you like it. You're trying to suck up. He's a comic book writer. I don't know that he's still with us, but he's a comic book writer. He's uh, I forget, writer. but he's he's yeah. He was. What, what did he create, Chan? G.I. Joe Extreme? Well, besides G.I. Joe Extreme, I know he's created multiple comic books. You're thinking of Marv Wolfman. I'm not thinking of Marv Wolfman. Are you Um, thinking of Stan Lee? Are you thinking thinking of Jack Kirby? I don't, I'm not thinking of any of those people. Are you thinking thinking of of Neil Gaiman? No, he created Lobo. That's who he created. That's a pretty big deal. Who? Don't you even pretend Robert Clark Chan. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, uh, Bobo the Clown. Yeah. He's really big back in the 60s. Things. Oh, Los Lobos? Oh. See, this is why Ray versus Chan and Gina just isn't as entertaining to the people. 
I think it is. I think it's very entertaining. No, but I he re- he created the character of Lobo, who is still around today and kicks butt. And he also wrote this episode of G.I. Joe Extreme, which also kicks a little bit of butt. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. let me let me we'll, we'll start with Gina. You 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 bring up your points as you need to, and me and Chan will explain why you're wrong. Thank you. Oh, well, okay. So this is it's already sexist. <laughs> <laughs> No, it you didn't have be to be, Gina. You could have just agreed with us. <laughs> you can be wrong. Although, for to be fair, all three of us versus nobody episodes are, are their least favorites. So. I still I still need to learn my lesson to not say what my opinion is until we start, because I still think that Chan is just a contrarian. But I, you both you <laughs> two fair. have differing opinions. So like I'm gonna have to I don't think you know how math works, Gina. <laughs> Well, I am a girl. Is that what you mean? Sex. To be fair, yes, I did actually mean that one. So. <laughs> I've, I'll get in trouble no matter what I say here, so I'm just going to start the show. Um, Metalhead, he's in a band, and he's uh, he's doing some R&R, and he says, I'm going to go play with my uh, rock band. Now, this is a callback to the rock band that they put together specifically for him a few episodes ago, uh, which, as they point out, is full of uh, SCAR agents. Which I already have forgotten, like that or aspect at least of that they, episode. At, at least I think it is. But first, can I say that, like, this is the two guys that this starts out with, Metalhead, and who's this other guy? Uh, that's Lieutenant. No, it's not Stone. I, I couldn't remember the name of the other guy. He's the uh, I don't remember the other the other oh, oh, the other right. blonde guy. They right. uh, the the sound on this episode was terrible, but yeah, they're all these terrible. two guys sound identical. They're yeah. both doing that sort of '90s Cali. Like, whoa, bro. Like, and so this whole, this whole like first minute was pissing me off because it was like metalhead being like, it was like the other guy being like, whoa, I just found a, I just found a, uh, some scar propaganda in your thing and he's like whoa bro that's crazy okay bro yeah you know oh my god they're letting anyone in here nowadays yeah you're right bro and I was like what the fuck am I like who is talking Okay, that is a very fair point. Metalhead is super California dude, and Black Dragon is halfway California dude. Yeah. But that's still too much California dude to separate in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, okay, point point in my column. Also, this really, this beginning, the two of them talking back and forth and sounding identical made me really nostalgic for OG G.I. Joe because that was never a complaint that I had. Like, they were all such distinct characters. Correct. And in this show, they are not. And it's it's not only that, like, the voice acting isn't quite as good. It's also just that, like, it seems like they think everyone like like they don't they don't define the characters well enough. Whereas in the the original, it's like, hey, I'm shipwreck. And then it's like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm this guy or whatever. Uh, in this one, they're just like, I don't know. They're all 90s dudes, I guess. And let's I listen was- to this real quick, because I, I agree. And it's almost to the point where I feel like. Um, they accidentally recorded something's wrong, and then you know, like oh. finish it, and then we're just like, uh, just just do it. No one, no one's gonna notice until twenty years later when some assholes are gonna go back and like, <laughs> run over this thing with a fine tooth comb. We don't give a shit about them. Oh, I'm gonna go play with the band tonight at the club in the village. <laughs> Better get your R and R in now before Stone gets back from his depreting with Clancy. Yeah, like. I think those are two different um, voice actors, but they both sound real similar and their yeah. cadence and their accent is like real close. 
Black Dragon has always been a problem for me because sometimes they make him sound a little bit Asian. They and do do that. Yeah. They don't because but, they don't want to get too racist. And it just. I mean, this time he is not at all. He's definitely like California dude. I think Ray's assessment that one is 100% and one is like 50%. So I'm counting this critique as a win in my column. Proceed. Chalk one up. You got this. I mean, look, I could agree with you, but I don't have to agree that uh, they are wrong for doing it or it is bad. Look, by the end of this episode, someone is going to be swayed. So I'm I treating this you. like a high school debate. And so at the end of this episode, I want you to go online and give us hashtag Gina swayed me or hashtag stayed straight. Wait, is I that, mean, is, is I'm that how saying I think one of you is going to be swayed or I am going to be swayed. Like, hashtag. it's very possible that at the end I might be like, well, you're right. This is a pretty good episode. But so far, not looking good with the two California dudes who I don't care about and can't tell the difference between. Hold on. Hashtag Gina swayed me. Hashtag <laughs> Chan slayed me. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> I got nothing to add to that. That was brilliant. And that's what we're doing. I uh, See, I thought that you were uh, you were sadly listening to trumpets in your own head that you were not involved in the, in the hashtag. Well, no, if you think for time. a second I wasn't trying to come up with a hashtag Ray <laughs> something. <laughs> me, I absolutely was. And then I blanked. So I gave up. Okay, I thought, here's the thing. You, this is all you kitty is, cats who are listening to the show. Hashtag Ray spade me. <laughs> I, I, I Listen, I'm picturing Ray. We all know he is relegated to recording from his hot, stinky, stuffy garage. Oh, it's yeah. cold today. Uh, either way, his uncomfortable, stinky garage. And I I mean, it's I think that you can't smell your own stink. So it's probably pretty stinky. I think that there's like an old, like sort of dusty mirror. And for some reason, Ray is in full clown makeup and he just (laughs) looked up and a single tear ran down his cheek when he wasn't included in the in chance hashtags. Gina, in my defense, (laughs) I did just get home from the insane clown posse concert. (laughs) So it's logical I would have this face paint on. And then he had to like pull himself together and keep recording. And so he was just like, I've got nothing left to add. Let's move on. Hashtag, (laughs) but I am Pagliacci. (laughs) I love, you know, complete side note. I love there was a tweet. that was just, I can't even do it justice, but it was just like, I'm depressed, doctor. Oh man. Well, whatever you do, don't go see that. Pagliacci. (laughs) That dude fucking sucks. No, but I, Real piece of shit that Pagliacci is. <laughs> and I don't I, know yeah, why. I saw that. I, I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> that that cracks me up so that. bad. <laughs> it's so terrible and I love it so much. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. We're moving yeah. forward. We are 30 seconds into this episode. Uh, not this episode. This episode of G.I. Joe. So it turns out that a Scar recruiting pamphlet falls out of Metalhead's like case or jacket or whatever. And it's a pamphlet for Scar recruiting, at which point we find out Scar has like tripled their efforts to recruit everywhere. They are rebuilding Scar, as we know. And it's yeah, it's, it's a it's ahead of the midterms and they're really going full propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm getting Scar pamphlets in my mailbox every day <laughs> uh, before yeah. YouTube. I got, you know, Scar advertisements. We used to have a little garbage can next to uh, the bank of mailboxes. Uh, And of course, because this is the time of year, 
they just got rid of that because there's mm. so many flyers that people are trying to chuck. There was oh. one there was one mailbox that had burst open because someone <laughs> had like left it for like three days and the uh the mail person just keeps jamming in, you know, all these <laughs> things. Oh, it's just awful. But you need I, that trash can. If if there was no trash can, then the, then like people are just going to leave it on a chair like next to the mailboxes because that's mm. that's what people do. Like I I check my mail, I open my mail immediately, and I use that trash can to throw out anything that's irrelevant. Yeah, I stopped going to the bank of mailboxes because they they weren't depositing my checks like I thought they would. <sighs> Sad clown. You're you're not even going to get a sigh from me, Ray. I'm not even giving Pagliacci's a real piece of shit. Just God just ignore it. him and he'll go away. No, he won't. We've tried that for seven years. But it's <laughs> oh my God, I'm hilarious. Anyway, anyway, uh, Lieutenant Stone comes in and he's pissed off. He's just like, what is this scar pamphlet doing in here? And Metalhead's like, I don't know where the scar pamphlet came from, dude. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then Stone's like, yo, I'm preventing you from leaving the base until we figure this out. And Metalhead's like, no, you're not. It's my off time. You Wait, don't tell me it, wh- I'm working Elon Musk. Isn't it Sergeant Savage? Oh, you're right. It's our, no, this is Lieutenant Stone. Lieutenant Stone is the meathead. Sar- no, is it Sergeant uh, Savage? This is, no. no, it's definitely Sergeant Savage because I, I put down, okay, okay, this dude needs to calm the fuck down. And then afterwards, in parentheses, I put Sergeant Savage, which means I said his name because I never write a name down yeah, until, they, <laughs> until they say the, it. The fact that you're asking means you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just, you know, it's been so long since we watched G.I. Joe Extreme. I got the two characters flipped. You're right, though. I mean, but this I, dude comes in full on like he's off his meds. Like he, he, is, he is in a rage all episode. Yeah, like he and he's just like immediately at a nine. I have I mean, obviously, like I have a feeling we're going to find out maybe in the next episode that he was like that. This is he was all in on it or whatever. But no, even I, if no. He, right now he, that him coming in is at a, at a nine made me uh not like this episode at first yes Uh, correct your first instinct was correct and i concur (laughs) we'll keep going i concur because he comes in and he's just like holy crap what the fuck like you got this and i was like dude you're a buzzkill you need to calm down you're he's clearly like off his meds uh and there's two ways this could go in the next episode that it could turn out that like this was all a sting operation and metalhead is like, you know, doing recon and Sergeant Savage knows about it, but he needed the rest of the Joes to believe he didn't. In which case it's still weird that he comes in at a nine, because if I was one of these other guys, I'd be like, Whoa, this is really weird. And if he's not, then he's totally overreacting this entire episode. I'm going to show so, my hand now because, like I said, I started out being like, oh, my God, this guy is such a prick. Like, uh, this is like way over the top, unnecessary. We already established that there was this, you know, he didn't like Metalhead because, you know, it's kind of like a hippie, you know, whatever. And uh, that, that traditional 60s uh, uh, relationship of the hawk versus the dove. But okay. as it went on, I... There was a point where I realized, oh, uh, they're using that to play on my emotions where I'm like, dude, calm down, because it's like a kid watching, you know, the kid 
who's watching is like, oh, man, my stupid parents getting on my ass, just like that Sergeant Savage. And I realized, like, oh, no, no, no. Sergeant Savage is being uh, he doesn't know what's going on. He's just flipping out because that's the kind of guy he is. But what's going on is that Metalhead and and uh, Lieutenant Stone are in on the sting. They're trying to yep. get Metalhead yeah. embedded in Scar so they can uncover and you know capture blah blah blah. But they leave um, uh, um, Savage out of it because he's honestly not that bright. And so yeah. it's matter and matter and sells it more and more to everybody else. Except, um, yeah, except here's the thing: this is this is. So this exact, almost exact plot line was done in original G.I. Joe. Sure. That is correct. An episode called The Traitor. Yes. one and two. And the way they set it up in that episode, and, and I'm not one to say like, oh, this other show already did it. Like, whatever. You can do the same plot lines. Everything is recycled from everything. But what I will say is in that episode, it was the one who was supposed to be the traitor was A, a character that we like didn't know super well like he was sort of a peripheral character yeah he was a peripheral character at that point we hadn't seen a ton of him he was always sort of in the background so we didn't really know his character that well and they added in this emotional element of like his mom was sick and needed money for the hospital bills or something it was something like or she was like losing her house or it was his sister it was some sort of emotional like oh this dude has hit rock bottom and he and like there's even a scene in there where he's like asking the Joes for a leave or for more money. And they're like, we can't do that. So you really buy the fact that like, OK, this character that we don't really know that well, who obviously cares about his family and is trying to do the right thing at his job is at his breaking point. So maybe he's emotionally ready to be flipped. And this episode does not sell that at all. This is a character that we know super well already, who is one of the main characters. And the fact that like this, his coworker comes in right off the bat and is like, what the fuck? A crumpled up pamphlet? I'm going to lose my shit is like so not believable to me on any level, on oh, any no. On any level at all, I mean that, th- that he would like flip out, and and also based on such little evidence, like it's not like if they had if they had laced things throughout, saying like, oh, it's not just this crumpled up pamphlet, and they use this stupid fucking pamphlet throughout, like they're like more pamphlets. Clearly, he's guilty, and <laughs> it's like really that's so. In my opinion, this was a storyline that was done a million times better in original GI Joe. And this is so out of character for Metalhead that if they like want, actually expect us to believe that he's like, I don't get any respect at work. I'm joining Scar. Like, that's an insane thing to try and sell. I, I let me step in right here, Chan. I'm sure you have a lot to say. First off, the original G.I. Joe episodes, The Traitor, written by Buzz Dixon. That's how you know it was good. Uh, Buzz. So basically, Dusty's mom has a bunch of medical issues and huge medical bills. And so Dusty goes back home to sort of settle the situation. Tomax and Zamot show up and say, we're going to cover all her medical bills and back money owed if you give us like this new armor formula from G.I. Joe, which then opens up this whole thing. And Dusty, you know, behind the scenes, Dusty goes to Duke, sets up this whole thing. They turn it into a sting operation. Now, here's where I think Gina uh, missed the boat, because I don't think uh, I, I you're forgetting a few different things. One. 
in previous episodes, they have teased that Metalhead was a traitor. They have teased and gone down storylines of we don't think we can trust Metalhead, especially those episodes when um, Lieutenant Stone was in the hospital, when Clancy yeah. turned out to be Ironclaw. And we'd already set up some some mistrust no, between here's Sergeant the thing. Savage I, and Metalhead I before. recall that perfectly. And that's another reason I think that this doesn't work. Because every single time, he has never wavered. There's not even, like, Correct. N- none of those previous episodes ended with, but maybe he is a traitor. Every single one of those episodes was like, Oh, he's a traitor. Okay, sorry, we thought you were a traitor. So this is like not only is it is it out of character in that it was like he wasn't a traitor any of those times. It's also something that they've tried to set up before and and hasn't worked. But so I don't know why I, they're doing it again and worse. This is where I think this plot is a little more ingenious than that because they don't pretend that just like they're going to convince Metalhead to be a traitor. What they're doing is. They're doing cult tactics to him where they, they surround him with friendly, smiling people who are just like, aren't you unhappy with these people who are always accusing you of stuff? Don't you remember all these times they accuse you of being a traitor and you weren't a traitor? Anyway, you like rock music. Let's go play rock music together. Then boop, boop, boop. Let's go to this underground rock club that you're going to have a good time and everybody's going to be super cool. And then he finds out basically that it's a Nazi bar. And all these Nazis are the only people being nice to him. At which point, yes. But here's the thing. Like, again, I understand what you're saying. And I don't think it's genius. I think it makes him out to be a complete idiot. Because it's so so obvious what they're doing from the jump. It's so obvious, like, that they're, like, love bombing him and all of that stuff. So the fact that, and and again, the fact that he's in G.I. Joe, which is supposed to be, like, an elite force, and isn't for a second like, this is really weird. This like hot lady shows up. She's doing all these things. I literally have in my notes. So metal has head is an idiot. And then right after that, I said, this story only works if everyone is an idiot. Because it only works if Metalhead is an idiot. It only works if Sergeant Savage is an idiot. Like it, it's it's just so, in my opinion, poorly written from that standpoint. I, I see again. The thing about it, though, is they sur- they love bombing, like you said, cult tactics. But then they also uh, effectively cut him off from the Joe team by making them repeatedly think that he's a traitor by them telling the Joes he's one of us. Essentially, they're putting Metalhead in a no-win situation by the end of the episode with Iron Claw in front of him in this underground base saying, put on the uniform. And Metalhead as a character is not somebody who tends to raise his voice often unless he really really needs to so he's just sort of taking stuff in and it's happening so fast that by the time we get to the end of the episode it's been a whirlwind to him he doesn't know what to think and suddenly he's in a position where he thinks oh the art the the scar people are helping me out the joes are already against me it's not going to work mind you but the idea of this potentially working i don't think is far-fetched i think people end up in cults and with the wrong crowd using exactly these same tactics. Yes, and I, I kind of like it. But again, you, do you, you know the people who are the most susceptible to cults are, are like people who are kind of not super bright and people who are basically susceptible to what other people say. And the idea that a Joe is like that is ridiculous. And I mean, also, they've been, right through, there. they've been through way too much stuff with Scar 
So again, I think this might have worked better if it was a new recruit to G.I. Joe, some character that we hadn't seen much. But we know for the past two seasons, they've done all of this stuff. Just the fact that they captured Clancy and he was so and like and people almost died to then uh, only a few episodes later, like expect them to believe expect them to think that we would believe that he would forget all of that and have it be water under the bridge. And also, I have a big pet peeve with story. I think it's lazy writing when TV shows stretch something out that is just a very easy misunderstanding. So at any point he could have said, hang on, I just got to talk to the Joes for a second, gone out and been like, Hey, this isn't, this is obviously a misunderstanding. Uh, They didn't give him a chance to though. They cut him off from the Joes completely. No, they didn't give him a chance. He could he could literally walk out at any point. You're making him out to be like a stupid, walk stupid out child or like some he, he, like this episode is like, what if he was like a what if everything you knew about him was not true? Because they've never presented him as stupid before. But this episode is basically like, what if we rewrote him as a very, very sheltered 14 year old Mormon girl? You're you're saying Metalhead is a 14 year old Mormon girl. I'm saying like it, it it's it's he has been smart up in, in this series up until now, and for him to not realize the tactics that they're doing, I don't know, and to not and and but on the other hand, I also think Sergeant Savage is so fucking crazy and he's so cra- he's a crazy person, like yeah. and and overreacting so much. So that they're both idiots in this well, situation. To be fair, to, and to your point, we've never known somebody who was really good at computers who also turned out to be a conspiracy nut. Oh, it's not. He's not a conspiracy nut, though. He's literally like he's literally aligning himself with the people who almost killed his like boss slash mentor slash friend. Yeah, but they also almost killed Metalhead. Sergeant uh, Savage is going to murder Metalhead. Yeah, he was looking for the, him for but, half but, that episode to kill him. But like, it, yes, and then, <laughs> so like, I, I, I don't, I don't know how to explain this any better. Like, I, I understand all of the things that you are saying, and they do not add up to good writing. They add up to lazy writing. And again, the fix is just like don't, don't have it be a character that we know so well. Like he's I mean, always fair. a lot. He's always been a logical thinker. And the idea that he's, you know, like if it was one sided, if they maybe built up to Sergeant Savage being so furious, like if at first Sergeant Savage is sort of like, hey, why do you have this pamphlet? And he's like, oh, shit, I don't like someone must have like slipped it into my jacket. And he's like, huh? Okay, that's weird. And then like in the next scene, he's like, hey, why is this other thing going on? But like. You know, and we're going to get there in a second, but but it turns out they're totally wrong about the guys in the band being scar agents. So you would think that in that moment, Sergeant Savage would be like, "Okay, hold up. Like, let's let's go over this. The fact that no one pauses in this episode to say, like, let's examine the evidence here. And instead, they act like five year olds in a badly written show for and by and acted in by five-year-olds is like really infuriating, especially because it's like one of the last episodes. Interesting. I, I hear you. I do not agree with you. I still think because they set up metalhead all those times before that, that's why we're kind of paying it off here. 
Uh, if Scar was going to target somebody for this specific plot, I think targeting the guy who, you know, was almost killed by his teammates and accused several times of being a traitor, uh, I think that's a good, in my mind, that's a good target. That's all. I disagree. I think I think that he's actually the worst target because every time he's been proven to be loyal. It's like if someone has a girlfriend and they're like, are you cheating on me? And you're like, no. And here's proof. And it's like, OK, you're not cheating on me. And then a week later, they're like, are you fucking cheating on me? And they lay out all the evidence again. If they keep doing it, they're just insane. Gina, you've never dated somebody jealous before from what I'm hearing. <laughs> I mean, at some point, it's like, all right, you're 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 an insane person. Like, yes, it's not. But that's not good writing. Just like writing someone and just being like, well, they're a paranoid, insane person. Yeah, is not good writing. It definitely wasn't good writing when it happened to me. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, again, I just think like I think like Buzz's episode really made you think. I understand, like, I, I understand, and I would not blame this dude for going against the Joes at yeah. this point. Like, whereas this episode does not do that at all. There is no, there is no emotional reason why he would do this. There's no logical reason why he would do this. In, in the other one, like, Dusty, it was like, hey, please, I need help with my mom's medical bills. And it's like, shit, we can't do that. And then it's, it's, it's like, yeah, what if we helped you out? I buy the fact that someone would be like, fuck, okay, I know this is wrong, but I have no other choice. Yeah. Whereas this one is like, all right, cool. These guys, uh, uh, like I've been fighting these guys for the past like 15 years. They <laughs> do really terrible, awful things that result in people dying. But my friends are mad at me, so I'm going to turn into a Nazi. Like, no, this is not believable at all. Well, let me hold on for one sec, because we need to let our special guest for this episode, Robert Clark Chan, get a word. He's falling asleep. Just curious how long you would or go he choked on his ramen. without me being able to get a word in edgewise. I believe it's about six and a half minutes. I think the reason why this does work. Thank you. Uh, is because. At the end of this second episode, the only one who's going to look like an idiot is Sergeant Savage. And that's the character that I have disliked from the beginning because sure. he's a meathead and he's an asshole. And he thinks that the kid with long hair is a, you know, uh, a traitor, which is a very 1980s Reaganomics kind of thing. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Communist hippie, long hair. Um so when all of this other stuff ha happens, like it all tracks that Metalhead knows what he's doing. He's playing off of all of these uh, uh, biases. The uh, Scar obviously is going to be kind of dumb because that's their job. Yeah, I have no issue job. with Scar thinking that they could that they could turn him. My issue is that in in Buzz's episode, Buzz's it, episode is better. The, no the, the reveal of that was going to we're assuming this is going to be the same as the reveal of this. But I, but the audience, even though when we were watching that, we knew, OK, this is this is probably going to turn out that he's like not actually not actually doing this, that it's it's, a you know, that that but like in this, it's still if you're expecting the audience to buy 
Which they obviously are, because like if you're expecting the audience to buy that metalhead would would flip, you've got to justify that. You can't. I mean, it's not the other way to do it. Writing wise, would be to show a scene with metalhead where he's where he's talking to the big boss and saying like, "All right, we're gonna have you go undercover," and then there and then like you're on the same page. I mean, that's not that's worse, but. There's no reason the audience would buy that he's but, I mean, the original Buzz Dixon episode didn't show the reveal until the very end. I know. I think that was treating me like an idiot. I'm I, just I, making I'm saying, sure. I'm saying in this episode, since they're doing nothing to like to try and get us to believe that this is real. Other than saying, hey, this character, it's completely out of character for him and we're not going to justify it. He switched sides like in Buzz's episode. It was laid out of he's switching sides because of this. Yeah. And then at the end, you're like, okay, he didn't really switch sides. And you're like, okay, okay, clever, clever. And this is going to turn out to be the same, except they do nothing. No, they absolutely do. And this is also uh, the 90s where, you know, it's it's been 20 years since we've uh, like talked about cult programming uh back in the 80s you know there was just charles manson and like oh my god these scary cults and like you got jim jones and that sort of thing and in the intervening years since uh gi joe extreme we've had all sorts of podcasts and documentaries and series about how people get programmed Somehow they still do and vote Republican. But yeah. for the most part, we know a lot of the tricks. And I think at this time, especially an 11 year old isn't going to really be aware of that sort of thing. So when uh, Iron Claw starts saying, this is what we're going to do, we're going to turn his friends against them. We're going to be the nice guys. We're going to be the only ones who are, you know, uh, um, there for him. He's explaining how cults work uh, to people that don't really understand it and so it's less a matter of like oh he's just gonna turn traitor because um savage isn't nice and it's a full-on this this is a uh a cult uh um being yeah children except here's the thing it's it's not this this happens over a period of like 20 minutes like in in like real time in the episode which is insane and there are a million better ways to do this. Like if they had, if they had said something about like, he's now been in this band for a while. So even if they had said like, Oh, there's this woman that's been coming to the show. She really loves it. Like we hang out afterwards and we see that like, while they're hanging out, maybe she's saying like, how come you never hang out for very long? And he's saying like, Oh, I've got to go back to the barracks. And she says something like, Oh, well they sure keep you on a short leaf leash. Ha ha ha. And it gets more and more extreme Maybe I would buy that. And I don't I I hate I don't like the justification of like, oh, it's for little kids, so they would buy, they would believe it. Because you're asking us to believe two two very crazy things in this. You're asking us to believe that Sergeant Savage is totally off his meds from the get-go and has a total overreaction. If that, that was the only thing I don't like that. If that yeah, but if that was the only thing, then I'm on board. Then I'm like, God, this guy is always such a buzzkill, which was what I wrote originally. I just wrote, this guy is always a buzzkill. Mm-hmm. But to add, to add on top of that, and then now this guy is going to act totally out of character and immediately like turn against all his values 
in one afternoon because a pretty lady is is love bombing no, him. Turning against his values, he is portraying that he has been abandoned by his uh, uh you know co-workers and friends and all of that. No, and- when I say abandoning his values, I mean he knows what evil Scar has done. He's yeah. seen Scar try and like yeah. I- I- exterminate lots and lots and lots of people. And there's nothing I just think this was poor I think this was poorly executed. I think if someone had the idea that said like, "Hey, remember that original GI Joe episode? Let's do that." And, and, like, and like, let's make them think that someone is a traitor. You know, again, I would probably be the exec that says, like, haven't we already done this with this exact character? And hasn't and he here, about to be the, the traitor? Here's the other thing that we need to take into account. This is the last two episodes of what turns out to be the series. So there's a real good chance that this was an episode or an arc written much earlier, got postponed for whatever reason, and got thrown in here either because like we run out of time or it was, you know, partially done or like this is the last thing that we have and let's just uh, um, uh, crank it out since we don't have another season. Here's just some filler. And so timeline wise. Real quick, Chan, what if the end of this is them tricking Scar and capturing Ironclaw to end the series? That's what I'm figuring is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at this point, I would have more respect for them if they were like, yeah, he is a fucking traitor. It's not like that other episode at all. He is a traitor. That'd be amazing. Like he like I would have more respect for it at that point than than this this mess of like of everything that that goes on in this episode. And I also just think like it's not it's just not like like even if there wasn't Buzz's episode, I'm just saying I want more justification for him. Like h- him having beef with Sergeant Savage it, it still doesn't justify him at the end of this episode, like doing what he's doing. You know, like you it's do, not you. He but he isn't. He isn't really doing anything. No, I know. I know he's not. He's not lighting children but, on fire by the but end if of the you episode want or the, But if you want the audience to believe he is, you have to make it somewhat believable. Mm. I don't know. I Listen, and we'll get to the second scene of this episode in just a moment. <laughs> We're literally two minutes into this episode. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is there was one time I was working at or my one of my restaurant jobs, and this dude, uh, uh, one of the guys who worked there was like, hey, man, you want to go get a drink after work? And I say, sure, let's go. So we go out to one of our local bars and we are having a drink. We're hanging out. We're having a good time. The guy was super nice. And then like, I don't know, half hour into it, the guy's like, hey, uh, what are your thoughts on Hitler? Yeah, we've all been in this situation before. This is is what I this is the point at which I uh, started getting mad that you were ignoring me because you brought up something that sounded way too specific. You were like, yeah. And then, you know, sometimes you end up in a Nazi bar. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I need to pursue this. I need to pursue this now. Yes, this. And here's the deal. I'll let you pursue it now because I said, I don't think I'm with that. (laughs) I do not think that is a good thing. And he was trying to sell me on the idea that Nazis were cool. And I was not having it, at which point I got up to use the restroom, came back, uh, finished my one drink, and felt real, real woozy. Turns out my Nazi coworker roofied me. And Look, we've all been there. 
dragged me outside so the police could arrest me as a vagrant. Look, 2021 was a rough time for us all, and I understand <laughs> how you could have got into that situation, turned around, saw a Ted Cruz poster on the wall, and said, I got a girl. But uh, really, that's, who, as Gina says, who among us hasn't done that? Yeah, and this also actually proves my point, because unless this story ended with you being like, you know what, I'm a little bit mad at my friends, so yes, I'll become a Nazi. Like, it's it's we've all been in situations where we thought it was one thing and it turns out to be another thing, and they're clearly t- trying to indoctrinate us. Like, But people fall for that. Yeah, I'm not saying they don't. I'm saying... I'm saying highly trained military officials who have been established as one completely uh, different thing do not fall for it in a span of an afternoon. I feel like if this did in fact happen in 2021 and Ray's wife was like, you are a piece of garbage. I am taking our child and I'm going away. And your job was like, Oh my God, I can't believe that you did a thing. I don't I don't know what it would take. I can't believe I, you I, podcasted I, about G.I. Joe. <laughs> you know what? No, that checks out. Yeah, yeah. No. This, I we listened to your podcast, and my God, you're listening to cartoons from 20 years ago. You're fired. Jesus Christ. And the only person who was left was like the one dude who was like, Hey, come on, let's go have a beer. You know what? Uh Hitler was okay, right? At that point, I would 100 percent buy that Ray would be like, well. I don't I don't feel great about this, but yeah, I mean, I got nowhere else to go. I feel All like I'm that's saying, the but here's the thing. Up. All I'm saying is that if they if they laid in, if they layered in the fact that like this has been a long con that this woman who loves his band and loves his his guitar playing has been coming to see them every week for 6 months and that it, resentment has been building up at work not just because of sergeant savage but because of everything maybe he's like got turned down for a promotion if there was layered stuff in that's not just like oh he's flipping on a dime he's flipping on a dime in a period of about 15 minutes and that's it like th- i think that that would be much much better writing or I if would there was just that if this show were targeted at 80 year old tv writers who are women <laughs> like Gina Ippolito, then that makes total sense. If it's targeted 11-year-old boys who look at a, a, a cartoon girl and get mad horny and can't stand up properly because their jeans are too tight, they would totally buy that uh, you, you could slip into uh, a cult just that easily. And again, my answer to that is Buzz's episode actually layered in reasons. I think a hot girl for an 11 year old boy is enough. all the reason you need. I disagree. Disagree enough for a 40 year old boy. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line. 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Take your mean cobra. Wake you meet slaughtered marauders. Slaughter's marauders camouflage. They can't be seen. But you better believe they're me, they're me. There's me and spirit and footloose on the attack. Slaughter's marauders to the rescue. Take this. No, no. no. Nobody beats G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Slaughter's marauders. Equalizer. Armadillo and Lynx. Figures sold separately. Nobody beats G.I. Joe. Yo, Joe. Now, back to G.I. Joe. Uh, so, second scene of this episode, two minutes into it, uh, we go to the rock show where they are playing. And I love this moment where they end the rock show and then stand up and politely take a bow like it's hold on, like I'm it's gonna, an orchestra performance. It was wonderful. I'm, I'm going to play this because this is rock and roll, my friends. That, there that truly is no harder or heavier band that exists <laughs> than this unnamed band that they didn't even say they, he didn't even say like my band like uh, uh, Rammstein or my band like uh, Fliberty Gibbet is playing. He's like, I have a band. We are playing a show in the village. That well, is, you know, to be fair, those generic products needed <laughs> needed some sponsorship. I can't believe that there wasn't one writer in the room that had a list of 400 band names. He was just itching to use and they didn't go to him for one of them. Just I'm sure that they, I'm sure that they probably did. And then they probably said at the last second, we didn't clear any of them in time. It turns out guys, wild stallions has been used. We didn't clear. I mean, stuff like that has absolutely happened on shows that i've been on where we pitch names and then they're like legal couldn't clear any of these in time so we're just gonna go with this like random stupid public domain thing we're gonna go with the band yeah (laughs) that's literally the name of a band so that would also not get cleared and then uh (laughs) backstage of the show a groupie shows up and she's like i'm not just a groupie and metalhead's like well let her in and she's like, I have some, uh, let's go to a party. Let's get out of here. These stiffs are trying to keep you down, man. He's like, sure. No, he so, said we were going to a party. Uh, yeah, he's he says, I've got to go to a party. She pretends to be like a journalist or something. Oh, and is it ever me, right. Is it ever explained? Like she shows up and I thought, oh, this is like progressive. She's like a hip black woman. And then like midway through the episode, she changes races. Uh, also, she starts out taller than him and somehow gets uh, shrinks when he kisses her. So. Yeah, oh, that's like the, that's Apple Crate casting. Like one hundred percent, this woman shows up as like a cute black chick with cute hair. At some point, she takes off a wig. It is not mentioned. Oh, and she was in blackface the whole time, and she ceases to be black. Oh my goodness! I am telling you, go back and watch it. It is I'm weird. Watching it now. You know what? I didn't notice it at the time, but I'm looking Thank at the you. still shot now. She definitely looks like a black lady in a red wig. Yeah. And then later she takes off the wig and she's no longer black. I'm telling you guys, this episode sucks. 
<laughs> I got it. I'm trying to find her later in the episode now to uh She's a hundred percent white. Because <laughs> I remember her always being a hundred oh geez. Well, here's the deal. Yeah, she's got different hair and she's now like vaguely Asian, but a hundred percent white. Yeah, thank you. Point Gina. This episode sucks. That's kind of weird now that I'm looking at it again. Yeah, it's it's almost like they smushed two episodes together and they were like, hey, we have half of this episode where like it's about like metalhead and no one understands his music and like then a hot lady shows up. But then we have this other episode where we were like, what if we just all of a sudden made him a traitor but we used a different white lady for that and like the the showrunner was like i don't know just put a picture of her taking off a wig i guess and then we'll smush those two together it's really strange i will say they mentioned specifically that she has she has purchased a pink wig at no yeah. point does it look anything like a pink wig at any point well, that's yeah. red. it looks red or possibly brown uh, at some yeah. point, it does look like an afro, so I get why you would uh, get the strong black woman vibe off of it. She does look pretty ethnically ambiguous, so I'll give you that they might be uh, um, edging towards a, a, a woman of color. Uh, but yeah, and then by, later, in, she is not. Her skin color end, also changes. White. Yeah, her uh, skin color also changes, and also like there's a there's a straight up scene where she is with Metalhead. And takes off the wig and leaves it on her yeah. desk. He sees this and no mention is made of it. You're correct that later on they're like, oh, did this woman p purchase a wig here? And this guy is like, yeah, she bought a wig here. But in the moment, she like takes off her wig, I guess washes the black off her face. And then <laughs> Metalhead's like, this is normal. I mean. And makes no uh, mention of it. In 19, uh, what is this, 93? Was it? Extremely yeah. How are you going to justify 96, this shit? Twenty-five, ninety-six. <laughs> uh, wearing a pink wig, pink wig makes more sense than having straight up pink hair. Uh, so like, I don't think uh, it would have been too weird. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to a punk show and I'm going to wear pink hair. Uh, is what? Not abnormal at all. Look, even in even in Pretty Woman, she when she like takes off her wig, there is a line exchange where she points at her hair. And she says red and he says better. I'm just saying if someone takes off a wig in front of you and all of a sudden is not black, a comment might be made. And it, it seems so weird. Like, why? Why is this part of this episode? Like, I guess later on they were like, oh, we'll have them track her down because she Very bought important. a wig. Very important plot point. But like before that, it just seems so random and like maybe and like just one line about how like, oh, yeah, this is my this is my going out wig or something like that. But it's just so strange that she just discards it in front of her in front of him. Nothing is said. It almost seems like that whole thing is just shoehorned in. Like I said, after the fact, they said, can you just put in some shit about how she was wearing a wig the whole time? Wait, or it's set up to make it obvious what's really happening. Good writing. Oh my god. Yeah. Chekhov's pink wig. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna and, fall on And Chekhov's black skin. <laughs> also I, a thing. I, I think we can chalk up a lot of problems with this episode to poor animation, which I would chalk up to uh 
loss of budget and scrambling to get this thing done, uh, which is definitely not something in the pro column. Uh, Thank you. But, uh, I really don't think this was any sort of commentary on Ted Danson and Whoopi Goldberg's relationships. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't, but this all this all contributes to why I thought this episode was bad. Yeah, I don't yeah. care if it's it, like a bad anime. It, it, even if you guys don't agree with me with the bad writing, the weird voiceover, the weird voice acting in the beginning, and the crappy animation is is definitely putting it in the this episode better be amazingly written to overcome these other shitty aspects column. Well, let's yeah. jump through a little bit more plot here so we can keep this near time. Cause I know Gina has yet another flight in the morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're uh, so four minutes in. Yeah. 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 So we're at the party. Uh, uh, they find out there's a scar communication that came from the party. The uh, GI Joe storms into the party with like six helicopters outside the window, which feels like overkill. Absolutely. I thought that was uh, first, and then yeah, yeah then they uh, uh, I did too. I thought that was Scar at first. Uh, they come in, they grab the other band members and start intimidating them. Try to do a military arrest on Metalhead. At which point, Lady Pants, whose name we never get, hits uh, Sergeant Savage with the chair, knocking him real hard, no. and runs out no. with Metalhead. No, she hits uh, Sar- she she hits Lieutenant Stone. Oh, was that uh, Stone? See, I'm yeah. having trouble. I'm having trouble yeah. with this at this point. That's, that is a, a point where Savage is coming in and being crazy pants, and then Stone comes in and acts crazy pants. You're like, oh, wow, this is um, this is this real is kind of over the line. And this is the point because she hits him with a chair and he goes down like he's been murdered uh yes. like, like she has uh, uh uh like he's been in a in a bad ski accident and he is now paralyzed uh and this is the point where i was like okay he uh, st- uh the smart one stone was over the top and then he gets taken out by a very small girl uh and a chair that says to me that this is uh, a pl- a plot so i'm fine with that See- and this I haven't seen I haven't seen a chair shot like this and Sergeant Slaughter hit the ultimate warrior at the Royal Rumble in 1991. What is that? Seven? It's right before seven. Six? Seven. Oh, what? <sighs> WrestleMania seven. Sergeant Slaughter has yeah. the belt after defeating the ultimate warrior with a chair shot. Nice. And then ultimately, Sergeant Slaughter gets defeated by Hulk Hogan, who hit him in the head with a chair. But when he did it, it was okay. Is that a cat? What's happening? There's a meow. Wait a minute. Is that Gina? Is Gina meowing? (laughs) What's happening? Yeah, I just wanted to be like part of the conversation. Gina, you know 90s wrestling. Come on. (laughs) That was Merlin coming in and meowing. I couldn't tell if you guys could hear. Oh, it was very clear to me. Now, this all gets to the point. Metalhead is running down the hallway with the groupie and he needs to go to the elevator and unbelievably rips the elevator doors open by hand because he's a superhero in G.I. Joe. For a they second, jump on, we yeah. om- she tries to open the elevator doors and I'm like, wait a minute. Is she revealing Whoa. that she's like that- a badass scar agent at this point? Because A, she, she knocked out 
stone. Yeah. And she's going to rip open these elevator doors. So I was like, okay, I see where we're going. And then it doesn't. It's like, I can't do it. Will you please open it for me? Yeah, that was a little, <laughs> like, that was, I thought the same thing you did. Um, what I like is that they end up on top of the car, uh, elevator car. Yeah. That has Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant Stone, yeah, Lieutenant nobody, Stone nobody on a gurney being wheeled away. That this um, three hundred pound dude and this, you know, like one hundred fifty pound woman jump ten feet and land smack onto the uh, ceiling of this uh, moving elevator, and like nobody noticed. Ah, totally normal, very normal. Metalhead's more like two twenty five. Come on, um, Metalhead is about as wide as three fridges. And he's the tallest <laughs> guy in G.I. Joe. He is. He's the thinnest guy in G.I. Joe, too. They're mostly five fridge across. <laughs> yes. It is kind of crazy. Um, well, they've all decided Metalhead's gone AWOL, and we have a title, ladies and gentlemen. We have a title for this episode. Uh, cut to Steel Raven. I mean, hey, we haven't had Steel Raven in a while. Let's do this. She says, scar numbers are tripled right now as a result of our recruiting efforts. And Pretty great. Uh, Iron Claw steps in and says, yes, and we got Metalhead. Yeah. Okay, now we get a little. This is we get Act Two issues. I'll admit it. Um, Stone and uh, Sergeant Savage were going to go get him. Uh, they have this wolf guy who I totally forget his name, but he's got a wolf on the trail. They go to the subway. Isn't his name? And then tracker. they're like, he's the tracker guy. Yeah, he's good. I forget his I name. I think his though. name is literally Tracker. Oh, then that waiter then is that's that the wolf's upsetting. name? No, the wolf's name is Lakota. Oh, because yeah, they that was pretty cool many times. Yeah, and that was fine. I I got that. Mildly concerning. Uh <laughs> but you know, they're trying. Of the of the problems with this show, that's pretty far down the list. Yeah. I like that the wolf just gets him to the subway and they're like, well, fuck, I guess we're done. I mean It kind of made me laugh. It's New I'm York. Stupid wolf. I don't think that that's <laughs> I just like, oh, you got us to the subway. And that's all. You know, we could have just <laughs> gone to the subway. <laughs> <laughs> and eating fresh $20 subs you guys what is up with that was that part of the show or was that you complaining before we started that was me complaining that was me doing once again a callback to something the audience doesn't know anything about Oof. uh subway sandwiches are real expensive in los angeles y'all and probably 1849 for a sub that's, that's outrageous for a subway sub that's too much a money. subway sub that's an alleged foot long brand name only not an indication of length did you what did you measure it? You, a <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that story? What? The guy in Australia, he 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 measured his subway sub and it was like under 11 inches and that they had this whole legal battle that came out where subway lawyers claimed that foot long was not an indication of measurement, it was a brand name for the sub. No one eating a foot long sub would honestly be expected to believe it was actually 12 inches long. Whoa. <laughs> That is you didn't know about this? No. We don't oh, follow okay. sandwich news as closely as you do, right? It's all I follow. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Ray has every word on Twitter muted except for sandwich. I mean, to be fair, uh the Daily Grinder is a pretty good newsletter. And uh I weirdly enough, not always about sandwiches. No, 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 no. Uh, in fact, rarely about sandwiches. I, I don't know why I'm still subscribed. I, I don't know, but maybe you should uh, look at your app notifications. I feel like uh, they're just blowing up. Oh, all these sandwiches want to touch base with me. Yeah. Yeah. Probably eat those sandwiches. 
Anyway, they decide they're going to try to figure out where her apartment is. Great. So uh, we cut to the apartment where they're hanging out, and two new friends walk in, Slash and Tattoo. Oh, was it Slash? I thought it was Flash and Tattoo, and I'm like, that's kind of weird. I, I believe it's it is like, Slash, Slash and Tattoo, which is like a little bit like someone saying, here are my friends, Subway and Sandwich, and then just not ever mention uh, that there's a connection there. I kind of want two friends named Subway and Sandwich. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'd have less problems again if they were looking out for me. Just to be fair, Slash and Tattoo, I think, were the rejected names for the Double Dragon characters. Uh, so we have that. I figured that uh, that was uh, Axel Rose's name. And then like, could you just not to go with something a little less conspicuous than uh, W tattoo? How about W Axel Rose? Well, that's also terrible. <laughs> well, that's what I see. And here's the deal, because 99% of you didn't even understand the main characters in Double Dragon. You know, the two names of the heroes in Double Dragon it was Hammer and Spike. I did not remember that. I dig it. And if you if you can't get excited about fighting as a guy named Hammer and or Spike, I don't know how I even know you. So Slash and Tattoo show up. They say, we're her friends. Don't you want to be our friends too? We're very normal friends. Just kind of kind of like, yeah, I kind of do. Uh, nobody. And so G.I. Joe's going about town. Literally nobody's heard of this lady. Uh, which is like, this is some of the worst police work I've ever seen. This They're is just going into every police work I've ever seen on a cartoon. They're That's actually so doing investigative work. And I thought this was really neat that they were just going around and asking. Terrible. They got what they, they got the information. They, they landed ass backwards into in their a information. Way. How do you think, do you think that every police station has a dog that just hunts down people? <laughs> And finds them routinely. Chan, it's a wolf. First off, uh, they make that plot point in the show itself. <laughs> Look, here's the deal. They, yeah. they go around to just random people on the street saying, have you seen this girl really aggressively? And uh, that's fun. And then the guy at the, apparently the, the wig store. Yeah. <laughs> says, I don't know the girl, but I know that wig. I sold one yesterday. Here, thing, I, I like that he remembered the wig because that to me rings true. Like if you if you sell merchandise, you're going to remember the merchandise instead of a rando. The Absolutely fact not. that he then immediately says to these guys who don't identify themselves. Not at all. I think I have her. Oh, she paid by credit card. I'll give you her home address. Yeah, why is does insane. he have that? It's Why insane. does he have her home address? That would make me never use a credit card again. Was yeah. this propaganda put in place by Visa? It's it's insane. It's insane that he offers it up. It's insane that they couldn't just say something along the lines of like, if he says, "Oh, I, she paid by credit card," they'll say, "Can we see the slip?" And we'll 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 figure it out on our own instead of making this guy being like, "Yeah, not only am I a fucking narc, I'm going to give you this home." Like heavily armed, insane man. I'm going to give you this petite woman's home address. This is an insane plot point. I, I see it as like, uh, 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 if you use Amazon Express, G.I. Joe might come to your house. Use Visa. <laughs> we won't give your home address to G.I. Joe. It's insane. I, I feel like it. every episode of Law and Order is this. You know, I'm thinking this is a Law and Order episode, but like a, you, one where nobody knows what they're doing. You wonderful cops. I will be happy to give you any and all information you want. Let me roll over on my friends and family because I can trust you, the police. 
<laughs> oh, well, that's true. I mean, to be fair, as a straight white guy of a certain age, police don't bother me as much as other people. You know, and it doesn't other people. concern me that this guy who owned a wig store and I'm pretty certain is coded as a uh, uh, POC and queer is willing to roll over and just oh, really like, oh, hey, yeah, he's a hundred percent. He's a hundred percent gay. He's a bald black man working at a wig shop. He's totally gay. in the village. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not even coded. It's 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 obvious. Here's the deal. I didn't pick up on that, but of course I didn't. Ugh. Nobody expected me to pick up on that. Right. Nope. Not there a was no expectation. I was going to catch that. Yeah. I just found out what queer coded was like six months ago. Jesus. Not a thing I was familiar with until I watched a video on YouTube about it. And then I went, oh, this explains so much. Yeah, it's very hip to talk about online in the past like two years. But this dude is not coded at all. He's he's very clearly written as a gay black man. He's got hoop earrings and long eye eyelashes. Of course. Yeah. How did I not, miss this? Yeah. He's wearing he's, a kerchief. Yeah. Like <laughs> I said, it's not, it's, this isn't coded. This is a hundred percent. These writers said to the execs, like, then we'll have a gay guy working at the wig shop. And they're like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's, he's <laughs> wearing a vest and a short sleeve shirt. How did I, I'm, I'm mad at myself. I mean, did not pick up on look, that. This is why I don't trust your opinion on this episode at all. I mean, look, if we can base my entire life on that last set of statements by me, it all tracks. <laughs> but OK, so uh, uh, they arrive at this what looks like a flea bag motel, but I guess it's an apartment building. But it's a flea bag apartment building with a front desk. <laughs> and and like it's like the equivalent of a gated community, like in yeah, the worst oh, part of town. Only- are clearly because yeah. the guy as soon as the joes show up the guy behind the desk is like calls them and he's like hey they're here just like you said they would be yeah that was cool uh so they all run i leave that they intentionally leave the wig leave like a shit ton of pamphlets like there's no way they will not find these pamphlets right well, she scatters the pamphlets she purposely like scatters them. them what there's like 90 pamphlets all in one, like one room. Yeah. She, but like, she, she grabs a handful it. of them on the way out and purposely throws them because their plan is twofold. They want the Joes to turn on yes. him. But yeah, like, like one of the Joes then immediately says like, well, this is overkill. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's all overkill. Idiots. Completely. Like that's what my oh. problem is in this episode. The wig we used to trace you is right next to this giant stack of disheveled pamphlets. Yeah, it's like it's, I'm not Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it's super dumb. Uh, that wasn't great. Um, so the wolf gets the scent again, though, because they were in that room and they chase down and they catch Slash. Uh, Slash says, I'll, I'll, I'll take the shot. You guys get out of here. And the wolf catches him and he goes, hey, you guys, did you know Metalhead's with us now? <laughs> And it started to get so ridiculously over the top obvious that I'm having a lot of fun with this episode. Mm. <laughs> Wait. Oh, okay. I was like, is Chan, is Chan still here? <laughs> we don't even know. Merlin he's could be Chan. A, at he's this a ghost. Meow. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's happening. Chan, what are your thoughts on the gargoyle club? It's uh, okay. Hold on. 
Uh, this is one of my favorite parts because the Gargoyle Club. Uh, what, what what kind of club is it again? Do you recall? It's an ex- it's an exclusive club. Better than that. Oh, I got- it's a, a what? gloom club. Oh, I thought oh, you said gloom. Club. A gloom club. Not a goth club. Uh, not a, I don't know, a, a dive bar. A gloom club. People go there to be yeah, gloomy. I, I didn't even. Uh, is that is that a real thing or are they it trying to make it seem not. like a real thing? It is Well, not. goth clubs are a real thing. Oh, no shit, Sherlock. Stop explaining obvious shit to me. Well, you're <laughs> acting you're like these either. places don't exist. I got to make sure. I, I, you, you, I specifically said, Chan said, it's called a gloom club. And then I said, does that exist? And you're like, yes, Gina, sandwiches are a food. <laughs> and they're 1850 at Subway <laughs> right now. And that's ridiculous. You only get um, eleven inches for eighteen fifty, though, and that is uh, why you never trust Grinder. <laughs> they keep messaging me. Why did I install this app? They say twelve inches, but it's just the brand name. For the record, there is a place called a uh, Gloom Club. Uh, they have an Instagram page. I'm going to right now. They're pushing progressive club culture, visual arts, and everything in between. They're known as Gloom Club. They don't appear to be an actual club, but a recording studio. Oh, well, like that's a place that is called Gloom Club. There is not a genre of of clubs called Gloom Clubs. But it sounds awesome. Yeah, this term has been used, but not in this way. I'm for yeah, I'm, for I'm, I'm trying to find anything to refute you, Chan, because that's what I live for. And, oh, the best I got is the Heritage Society's Gloom Chasers Club, which... What? Oh, God, that don't, sounds horrible. Don't, don't want to learn more, but I'm clicking on it anyway. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. You know we could probably yeah. be spending our time uh, better. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. Um, I don't need to learn about that. Uh, they say, look, metalhead, you've been turned down by all your friends. We have a, we have to come clean with you. We're actually scar. And here's me doing the surprise Pikachu face. What? They were scar the whole time. And metalhead says, no, no, no. You're the bad guys. You're going to hurt me. And they say, no, man, we want you to join us. We want to hang out with you. He says, Scar is evil. And they say, no, it's the inter-alliance who lies. And then they say to him, haven't you ever been confused? And at this point, I'm on board because you know what, guys? I'm going to come clean. There's times in this life I've been confused. (laughs) Least shocking thing ever. (laughs) I've been confused. Maybe inter-alliance has been lying. Look who's had his back the whole episode and who's been trying to attack him. Like to me, him acting this way reads as uh, uh, a cipher for the 11 year old kid who's watching the show and sort of making this connection, uh, you know, like like they're trying to like the writers are trying to say something about cults and gangs. Gangs is really the thing that in the 90s 
uh, uh, white people were terrified of. It's like, oh, your child may join a gang, and this is how they do it. Yeah, they fair. make you they make you feel bad about yourself, and that your parents don't know what they're talking about, and like maybe the parents are just making things up. So why don't you join a gang and start doing <laughs> crack cocaine in the alley? And I think that w- this is just kind of a, a fun way of uh, uh, playing on that. That you know, a kid watching. That's fair. Like, oh yeah, uh, I I see that, and and he's being a little dumb, but I'm going to be smarter than that. Uh, you know, in real life, uh, I've learned a valuable lesson from this show. I think you're. I think you're confused about how you're making 11 year olds out to be much dumber than they are. Like I was reading Stephen King books when I was 11. So I, yes, I think that, that was in the late forties, Gina, uh, <laughs> you are an old, old woman, a, a crabby woman who has somehow surpassed me in crabbiness, which and is only on this episode because you guys are blatantly ignoring all of the animation mistakes, all of the voiceover mistakes, all of the plot mistakes to for some reason enjoy this episode which i don't i do not understand and i think that you're just you're just predisposed to thinking that this gi joe is solid and look i wasn't happy about the fact that it wasn't good i wanted these last two episodes to knock it out of the park because in general i have enjoyed this series a lot and i think the writing is good Usually, I think this writing, the animation, and the voice acting in this episode were not good. Uh, you know, I don't know. I feel like, especially given the last few years, we've seen what happens when these leftist bloggers get feel like they've been sold out down the road and feel like they've been left hung out to dry. And then here we are six years later, and they're online toting Russian political points and all pro Trump on the internet. Like, I think we've seen this happen too recently to think that this in this situation isn't possible. Like, I mean, I'm not going to reiterate the fact it's for the thing. 10th time that it doesn't, it doesn't take 15 minutes to radicalize someone. So uh, like at this point, it's just, I never once said that people don't get radicalized. I'm, I'm, Gina just doesn't think that radicalization can happen. And I just think that's not true, Gina. Gina doesn't believe in radishes. I agree 100% that Gina has lost her mind. I love radishes. She doesn't know what a doozer is. And she always got a bag of radishes. I always got a bag of radishes in my fridge. I love radishes. That is weird. I love them. They're crunchy. They're delicious. You can dip them in shit. They're great. They well, are they're really not any. I mean, they're crunchy, but they're none of those other things. Oh, they're great. They they really add a lot to a salad. Look, here's the deal, Gina. You like what you like. We're just going to have to disagree on two things in this life. Well, One, this episode of G.I. Joe and two radishes. Team radish. Mm, yeah, I, I feel weird. Uh, agreeing with Ray about a second thing in an episode. Oh, no! I mean, I'm not yeah. shocked that two guys who live mostly on candy and diet sodas do not like a vegetable. Uh, you- how dare you? It's not diet soda. It's zero sugar. Thank you. Uh, I will have you know that I cook more than either of you possibly put together. Oh, I, I have no doubt about it. But I guarantee you that if you look at pure health of food, I've got you both beat. 
Mm, well, uh, well, I do weigh that average down very badly. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is. It's hard to be point. in the same boat with this guy. So, uh, a boat that's being sucked under by Pepsi Zero. Yeah, yeah. It's the one side of the boat is like uh, tipped <laughs> up, like like watching uh, uh, the Titanic. You're like, it's, uh, it's not going to go well for me. Yeah, that's that's a losing battle. No, look, G.I. Joe has gathered around the club with their heaviest weapons and preparing for battle. So the Scar people don their uniforms and say, we're going for this. The battle starts and uh, they shoot missiles up and they they knock down another knock down tracker. I believe another member of G.I. Joe goes down in combat, which like this is kind of wild. Two Joes have suffered serious injuries in this episode. Usually it's just a, a mayday in her ankle. Uh, well, you get two actual anybody, injured Joes with consequences. That's worth mentioning. Is anybody concerned that GI Joe has shown up in the middle of a city with full on like scud missiles and they're just well, lobbing fair, them at this building to be fair. That's a bunch of other buildings. Hold on. Where there are human beings. Scar is like, shooting the missiles up at G.I. Joe on the buildings. G.I. No, no, Joe, Joe was not shooting those missiles. They had their own missiles that they were firing back. Like, I get that Scar would, you know, have all sorts of stuff, but G.I. Joe had them as well. And I'm like, that is that is not how you do urban warfare in your own cities, man. I mean, I'm watching it right now. I'm not seeing G.I. Joe fire the missiles. I see them just with rifles on the roofs of these buildings. You also thought that was a very well-dressed white man selling wigs. <laughs> Look, a very nice paying... heterosexual man. Look, it just like when I watch episodes of Law and Order SVU, I'm not paying attention to the guy who runs the ice cream truck at the start of the episode, which is why I'm always surprised when it turns out that's the guy uh, stealing children. Look, here's the thing. We've established that you did not realize that woman was black at the beginning of the episode. You didn't realize that that guy was gay or black. So I think the lesson here is that Ray turns every fucking character in his mind into a white man yeah, or like a hot white woman, but that's it. I think it's like an episode of black mirror where you can set your eyeball settings to erase people of color. Uh, I just saw, uh, 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 what's the black dude, the fridge, the refrigerator guy, Um, Perry freight freight freight. uses his hammer fist to hit the fire button on this giant fuck off missile. Okay, here's the deal. I just got to that part and you're completely correct. I just missed that. I must have missed it because it was a person of color doing it, according to Gina. I'm starting to think that guy in the bar actually got to me. (laughs) I'm thinking I was stealth indoctrinated like Shepard in Mass Effect 3. I'm feeling like something weird's going on here. You're going to wake up tomorrow morning still in that bar going, what was in that pill? Jesus. Oh, I just no. dreamed I lived like 12 years. What is happening? But to be fair, these missiles are being predominantly shot off the roof of the building by Scar. I'm yes. And that's what takes out Tracker. And there's that sad moment where his wolf Lakota is like licking his face, being like, no, dude, this is a Lion King moment. But to be fair, after that happens, yes, that is when. Uh, Freight shoots the missile back at the club and caves the roof in. Yes. 
You are correct. We're going to end this with one of those shining pictures and me just in the front, aren't we? And it's just a bunch of just SS troopers behind me. What is happening on this show? Eventually, my mic will, air quotes, stop working. Then Gina's will stop working. And you're going to realize <laughs> that you've been talking to yourself for seven years. <laughs> I go back and listen to every single episode of this show, and it's just me doing three voices for when we have a guest. <laughs> Turns out I'm just oh, a crazy boy. person who invented all of this. It's super fun to be recording the day after Halloween. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, but to be fair, though, if I was doing all of that, that's a great reel. Meow. Good job, me. Oh, my God. Okay. So, uh, Metalhead, they take Metalhead out the back way, and one of the Joes, and I forget his name, but it's the guy uh, who was uh, opposing the silencer. Um, He was the Joe they brought in who was the expert marksman, and he misses the shot and can't figure out why. Now, in my head, I'm like, because he's in on it and knows. Yes. But Mm -hmm. he turns, and he's just like, guys, (laughs) ladies, this never happened to me before. (laughs) Just, it's kind of a weird moment. Uh, it is just me talking to myself. Yeah. yeah, And we end up as we will, as we will keep going back to in this episode over and over again, we're back at a subway, everybody. And I still can't believe the subs are just not as fresh as you think they should be. Nope. They're not even bread. Technically yoga mats. Well, I think they took the yoga mats out uh, because that was like (laughs) 15 years ago when that was a thing. It's there's too much sugar. It cannot legally be called bread. It is like a pastry or something like that. They call it bread. And they say we bake bread fresh in store. What are you talking? This is like the KFC rumors where they did marketing and renamed it KFC. Uh huh. Fried out of there. And people were like, oh, they can't legally call it chicken. Yeah. 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 Bullshit, which is bullshit. No, in France, like a legal thing, kind of the way that, uh, there's all sorts of weird legal definitions of things, um, you know, like for for cargo purposes and, you know, that kind of thing. In France, uh, uh, the sugar content is so high that uh, uh, they had to make some changes. They had to call it a baguette. No. A baguette. Uh, close. close. That's what the French call it. A, a name very similar. So we end up in this subway tunnel. And uh, the char train is coming. Scar train is coming in. Choo choo, everybody. Iron Claw gets off this train and they say, all right, Metalhead, you're here. You've officially joined Scar, whether you know it or not. Everybody in G.I. Joe hates you. Put on the uniform and end the ceremony. And he puts on the uniform. They end the ceremony. And this is the moment when I said to myself, just like Chan did. Boy, I I don't know how they're going to wrap this up. To be continued, and I went, whoa. I literally wrote here, whoa. What an I episode. What magic. That the train has graffiti on it that says yes. Scar Rules. This is, it says Scar Rules. And let's face it, Scar put that there themselves. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, it's propaganda. This is, real, this is a real, this is a real, remember that uh, Black's Rule? Do you remember that? Tell what? me you remember that. Excuse me? There was a white guy in like Texas or something who said, damn, damn Antifa spray painted my driveway and wrote blacks rule, you know, like (laughs) they do. (laughs) And guys, it turns up in the follow-up, he did it himself. Can you believe it? 
before before we get out of here, I do want to clarify that in fact it was Ireland and not France. Okay, uh, thank you, Irish fake news. That's why no one trusts the media. At Subway, could not in fact be defined as bread because of its high sugar content. Uh, Ireland's Value Added Tax Act of 1972 draws a distinction between between staple foods, bread, tea, coffee, and preparations of extracts of meat or eggs, and more discretionary indulgences such as ice cream, chocolate, pastries. The amount of sugar in bread shall not exceed two percent of the weight of flour included in the dough. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's Subway bread, not actually bread, mm. guys. And I need to I need to correct myself. Um, the man uh, who wrote Black's Rule in his own driveway. Um, it turns out he was from uh, Mississippi. He was not actually from. Uh, oh yes, Texas. that's where that's where Gina wants to have her pleasure cruise uh, sail barge, and now I understand why. I would. Rather be flogged than go to Mississippi. Yeah, but wouldn't you also like to be a hut? (laughs) What I love about this online story about this guy in Mississippi is that they didn't bother to even follow up on this story with the update. No. They're just like, well, that's Mississippi for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's a racist in Mississippi. Stop the process. Oh, my goodness. Well, that was 900 minutes of Metalhead Goes AWOL, mostly Boy. with no Chan. 50% less Chan in this episode. Did you like it? Uh, it hit us up with count- hashtag less Chan, please. It doesn't count as a podcast unless there is at least 35% Chan in it. <laughs> According to In uh, Ireland, maybe, but this is in the good old US of A where <laughs> corporate buyouts happened. Oh, Irish people know what's up. We right? bribed our way to lower standards. Chan's rule. Hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening anymore. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't know. This episode didn't break me, but I was broken walking in the door, I think. <laughs> so, Gina, I after thought you hearing loved it. I thought it was the best episode you've ever seen. No, I think the episode of the podcast broke him. Oh. Is oh, this yeah. about an hour and a half? Possibly longer? It's about we'll that, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, think it's longer. We've done worse. We have. We have. I think we have a lot to say about everything. <laughs> I mean, look, I was excited to be back to G.I. Joe. Yeah, me too. And I was very let down by this hot mess of an episode. Well, that answers my question, Gina. You were not swayed by me and Chan's sparkling opinions no, on this? No, and frankly, I'm offended because Chan started this episode by thinking I was an idiot who did not understand the episode. Uh, still believe that. <laughs> Even though I made it indubitably clear. I mean, you make it clear that you understand how writing works. Um, this particular episode, I, I agree with Chan. I just think you, it's, it's much like Masters of the Universe Revelation. You're just, you're missing some of the secret sauce that makes it work. Ugh, there, nothing about that show made it work. There was no secret sauce in Master of the Universe Revolution. Yeah, it was just jizz from an all-male writer's room and one token staff writing woman who no one listened to. That she got to write two sauce. episodes, just for the record. <laughs> well, two they episodes. put her name on two episodes, at least. Okay, listen, I can't speak to that. They would never do that in television. Uh...
Well, that's our show, everybody. Check out He-Man and the Masters of the Universe Revelation on a Netflix near you. And this is the penultimate. There is only one more episode of G.I. Joe Extreme. And then we're going to fart around for a bit and hit season seven uh, of our show, I think, sometime in uh, 2023. What do you think? What are you talking about farting around? We got a ton of holiday episodes coming up. We got Thanksgiving episodes. We're going to have a whole damn month of Christmas episodes. And it's going to get weird. Because we have thrown all the good ones. Now all that's left is just some crazy it's shit from so the bad. It's so upsetting. Maybe that's why I enjoyed this episode so much as I was starving for this content. It's all you get. Zoobly Zoo really did hurt me. Um, what if, Chan, what if next week, instead of doing G.I. Joe or a holiday episode, we release a Camp Candy episode that Gina's not even on and we did with a guest uh, like two or three months ago. What if we did that? <laughs> would that would bad. that be appropriately thematic to this show? I feel bad it, for poor Frankie, who did a great job on the episode, and then we basically like ghosted him. <laughs> like, thanks for recording that episode. Uh, we'll put it out eventually. Maybe. Someday you'll see your your work, Frankie, but it won't be today. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that's God. what we're gonna do, folks. We got a bank episode because Gina's going to do Jersey, and I'm just letting you know now. Why, it's a great why? episode, though, for the record. Very funny. I think it's equal to our Denver the Dinosaur uh, episode. I think it's that level of hilarious. So, Wow. Because here's wow. the deal. You get a, somebody on the show who knows as much about video games as I do. So this is the famed episode where I made like 92 video game references, and Frankie got them all. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> I, I came out of that episode with a with a big boner. No. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> we done here and then, and then i had to do zoobly zoo and shit like that's just not fair zoobly zoo zoobly zoo killed my boner oh zoobly zoo killed any future boner i'm ever gonna End have my autobiography <laughs> uh, my autobiography is just called who the race to Canis story <laughs> <laughs> And of course, Gina's is just called TV's Gina Ippolito, the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what else would you call it, quite honestly? That's it. Sandwiches no, that's, and sex that's dungeons. That's it. Sandwiches and sex dungeons. Over. Yeah. No, you'd call it sandwiches and sex dungeons, the Gina Ippolito story. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening anymore. So anyway, there's a lot of places you could find it. These two are just waiting for me to wrap up the show, and I'm just going to do hack material instead. Anyway, look, they are look, they are not even speaking to me. They've just turned their mics off. We're done. <laughs> it's over. I haven't, I haven't turned my mic off. I've turned my headphones off for sure, though. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay. So you can hit us up in many places. Of course, Facebook.com slash knowing except the podcast. Patreon.com slash knowing except the podcast. Big Vault. Uh, we should be more active, as we always say. But like, we like it. We like doing stuff. We'll put stuff online there. And we will be doing a watch party again pretty soon. Maybe with Gina out of town. Me and Chan mm. will do a watch party of the final episode of G.I. Joe with the fans. Oh, please. Who's going to show Chan? up if I'm not there? No, we don't. We don't record an episode. We just watch it with them before you watch it by yourself. And then we compare notes about how much you loved it. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's possible idea. this last episode might be better, but uh, this one was not good. You know what, Chan? I want to do that. Are you on board for that? He's gone. Yeah, his mic is over. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a bit at this point, but it's definitely not doing anything. 
Mal. So you can also find <laughs> us at patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast on Twitter. We're on Twitter at GI Joe podcast. Hey, listen to reclaim Detroit, a vampire, the masquerade audio drama, vampire Detroit on Twitter, or vampire Detroit.com. I wrote it. It's a really good show. Gina, you should check it out. I've never heard of it. God damn it. Someday, someday I'm going to get that uh, well received Gina Ippolito listen. And then that's what I'll know. I've made it. But today will not be that day. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter individually. I am at Almighty Rain. I'm at 999 RPMs. Oh, shit. I'm, it does work. I'm at Gina Ippy. And that is the end of the episode. G.I. Joe Extreme, a very vastly underrated show, will be coming to a conclusion in a couple of weeks here on this show. Uh, how do you guys like G.I. Joe Extreme? I'd like to hear about it. Hit us up at G.I. Joe Podcast, but of course, tag us all individually if you really want our eyes on it. Uh, did you guys enjoy G.I. Joe Extreme? Did you like it better than you thought you would? Do you remember watching it back on the day and having an opinion then? I want to know all those things, and not just for engagement. I'm honestly curious, uh, you guys, how you're enjoying the series, because I'm digging it. They're digging it. Gina loves it. Chan, you know, hates it if Gina likes it and vice versa. And that's all I have for this episode. I'll stop rambling now. <laughs> you keep good, promising that. Good, good, good night. Situation critical. Roll call. Ballistic. Harpoon. Mayday. Blast Quick sight. Right, Lieutenant Stone. The odds are a million to one. And that's the way we like it! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, dear listeners. Do you enjoy playing video games with your best friends? Then I have the pod for you. I'm Philip, host of The Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Each week, my co-host Nave and I break down a cooperative experience in gaming. And we are always looking for new co-op partners to join us. So come play with us on The Gaming Together podcast. 
So I'm standing over this toilet taking a piss and I'm playing my Pokemon and I dropped it in the toilet. I remember the Game Boy just tumbling in the water. And I remember screaming for my mom trying to get this Game Boy. Wait, how old are you? And she yelled at me. She yelled at me. Oh I was my just, god. Like, traumatized. I was like, no, my, my Pokemon. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. Come on down, co op partners.